Hi, I'm Kim LaPree from the Teachers Need Teachers podcast, a part of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. Welcome back for another episode of the Leader of Learning podcast, the show where educators can come find inspiration to transform education through effective leadership. I'm your host, Dan Krinas. Let's get started. Hey, Leader of Learning, welcome back for episode 55. I have another great episode for you, and that is because this episode's guest, Chrissy Romano Arabito, is the author of a new book published by Times 10 Publishing about a topic that I find fascinating. The book is called Quiet Kids Count, and it really delves into what to do as educators, whether you're classroom teachers or not, about including and making sure you're valuing those students who may be introverts and may be shy and quiet and withdrawn. Because I don't know about you, but I know that for me, depending on the situation I'm in, while it may seem that I'm pretty outgoing and confident behind the microphone or even in front of a class or in front of a room of other educators if I'm presenting somewhere, to be honest, oftentimes I am not that outgoing. And it does depend on the situation for me, but these are all things that I was excited to talk to Chrissy about. So without further ado, here is my interview with new author Chrissy Romano Arabito. I'm very excited to bring on another amazing guest in this episode. Chrissy Romano uh, published now a book on a topic that I find very fascinating, and I think that a lot of teachers and educators will also. So uh, Chrissy, welcome. And if you could, please introduce yourself and let us know who you are, where you are, and what you do. Sure. So I am Chrissy Romano Arabito. I am a second grade teacher in Hackensack, New Jersey, and I live in Bergen County, New Jersey. I've been teaching for, this is now my 27th year, so I've been around the block a bit. Um, I definitely embrace teaching the whole child. Um, I have a special passion and uh, the word, um, affinity for the quiet kids. And um, I do have a book that was just released in early October, Quiet Kids Count. And I'm super excited to be here. And I must mention that I am an introvert. I am the daughter of an introvert, the sister of an introvert, and I parent um, an introverted child. So I have lots of experience with um, being around introverts. Yeah, and I'm glad that uh, you can open up like that and be honest about it and, and, of course, write a book on it. I found the topic fascinating, to be honest with you, because uh, now you've been in education 27 years, you just said. Uh, I'm in year 14, um, and so I think that both of us have been around quite a while and, and long enough, certainly, to tell that kids act different ways and learn in different ways. And, you know, there's been all this research and, and research to prove the research wrong about like learning styles, but we know how and why we need to differentiate for students. And I think this is one of the many ways in which we need to recognize that students are different from one another. I mean, I will tell you that I have two kids at home of my own. One is uh, just nine. He just turned nine and the other is five. And when they're home, 
they're off the wall and they're wild and they're loud, but sometimes you get them in situations and they really clam up. And I don't know for sure whether that is introvertedness or not. Maybe you can kind of enlighten me. And this this could be a silly question. I'm not even sure, but are there reasons why people or, or kids in this case are introverted? Is it just built into someone's personality? Like, what, what would you say about that? So introversion is most definitely built into our personality. We're hardwired this way. And it's really a matter of science, believe it or not. Um, so there's dopamine, which is a chemical that's released in our brain. And it provides motivation for people to seek external rewards. So when this dopamine floods the brain, both introverts and extroverts become more stimulated and alert to their surroundings. So there's really no difference there between introverts and extroverts. But um, both introverts and extroverts have the same amount of dopamine in their brain. The real difference is that introverts become more easily stimulated and overwhelmed and our internal batteries kind of tend to drain quicker than that of an extrovert. So kind of think of it this way. If you're going to a party or in a large group or playing on a playground full of kids, extroverts will become more energized and want to stay and play forever. Introverts, on the other hand, they can only handle so much. After an hour or two at a party, we need to leave. (laughs) On a playground full of kids running around and screaming or after a morning of classes with lots of group work and interaction with others, introverts are exhausted, drained, and they really are looking for quiet to restore their energy. And out of all the personality traits that people have studied in major research, introversion and extroversion are both strongly connected to genetics and hereditary. Like I mentioned before, I'm the child of an introvert, my brother's an introvert, my son is an introvert. Um, But environmental factors can also affect this. Um, Is that like like trauma or something? What, what was that? No, no, not necessarily. So for example, like many introverts, we do this thing. We call it like the mask of an extrovert. And we do this in order to better fit in, um, you know, so we can easily pass for an extrovert at work or in social situations. So most people, when they meet me, um, I'm a friendly person. You know, I, if I'm comfortable, I can be talkative. And for the most part, people think I'm an extrovert until they really start to get to know me um, and we talk a little bit and then they realize, oh, wow, like that whole other side to her. Um, And it's exhausting and it feels like work, work, but to be socially accepted or to get ahead at work or be successful in a classroom, many introverts have to put on an act to kind of fit this extrovert ideal that society holds in high regard. Hopefully that that kind of makes sense. Yeah, no, I, again, I think it's fascinating. And and as you were speaking, kind of a follow up question that popped into my, my mind just quickly is like, is there some gray area in between introvertedness and extrovertedness? You know, because yeah. I find myself, like you were saying a little bit in situations where if I'm comfortable with people, I'll open up. But if it's new people or a new situation or new environment, I kind of clam up and I'm, I'm definitely right. much more withdrawn. Right. So yeah, there, there is, you know, a label I call ambivert, which is which you kind of fall like in the middle of that spectrum. Um, but when people, you know, take those personality tests and look at Myers-Briggs, you kind of fall usually um, toward one extreme or the other, or, or definitely more towards one side or the other. I think the situationalness of things is what puts people in that ambivert, like in the middle, like you were just saying, if you're comfortable mm. and you're uh, with, you know, with your people and you're comfortable in a situation or, you know, you're going to open up more. Um, but the idea of introversion and extroversion, really, if you think of, if you try to equate it to like a cell phone battery, you know, when you use it a lot, 
and you're on all different sorts of apps, you're streaming, you're listening, you're watching videos, and there's a lot of interaction, your battery drains very quickly. I love that. I, I, I really like that analogy that and you sense? should, you should totally write a book. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, no, yeah, that, that does make sense. I, I'm really, that, that was a very, very good way of, uh, of explaining it. That, that, that made sense to me uh, and hopefully my listeners as well. So here's another perhaps silly question. And I'm wondering, like we talked about how there's perhaps a, a bit of a gray area between introvert and extrovert. Uh, are there ways in which people present introvertedness differently, like other than just being quiet and withdrawn? Can I, I don't know. Is that yeah. is that a thing? Yeah. So it, it, it's a thing. And there, it's actually, there's a lot of misconceptions and misperceptions about introverts. So we can definitely appear to be quiet and withdrawn. Um, but that's usually in situations when we're not fully comfortable, which just kind of you know, talked about that. I mean, I can talk a blue streak or do interviews like this, but you put me in a room full of strangers or a group of people that I have nothing in common with, and you will not hear a peep out of me. Um, I will just sit back, observe, listen, and pretty much try to devise a situation. So I know this is um, I know this is going to seem like I just um, I'm answering my own question a little bit, but I think one of the things you just said I, I hadn't really thought about that before, where um, typically. It, it seems like introvertedness presents obviously as someone just being really quiet and withdrawn. But yeah. like you were just saying, yeah. and, and I want to use actually as an example, you and I met just once, I believe, uh, in person. And it was yes. uh, back at, at ASCD in uh, earlier this year. And, you know, we've spoken, I guess, on Voxer and we've been connected for a while, but you seemed pretty like you said, friendly and personable, and and I wouldn't necessarily have taken you for shy, quiet, withdrawn. Um, but something else that you just said too, where it's like very situational, and also again back to that analogy about the cell phone thing. I think that to me makes more sense when it, when I asked about how it presents maybe differently than just being quiet and withdrawn. That that's probably it, right? Like someone who gets um, overwhelmed or overstimulated so quickly that they then need to like back out of that situation. Right, right. And and because of that, like exactly what you just said, our quietness sometimes is perceived as rudeness. Like our ability to be really keen observers can be seen as being judgmental or critical of others. Um, I've totally had that happen to me. And most people also think that all introverts are shy. And, and don't get me wrong, you know, many are, but it's really more situational like we, we kind of talked about already. But I think the biggest misconception and the one that concerns me the most as an introvert and as an educator, is that society seems to feel that introverts are broken and need to be fixed. So like, I am here to say there is nothing wrong with us. We just beat to our own drum and we react to stimuli in a different way. And our batteries just kind of get drained a little quicker. And, you know, in order for us to reboot and restore, we really like solitude and quiet. Whereas the extrovert, in order to reboot and restore likes to be in energized situations, being around people, doing things, go, 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 gives them more energy. Whereas for us, it de depletes that energy. Yeah, no, that does. That really does. And I, and I think it does because I, and I'm guessing so many of my listeners as well, can, can sort of relate and, and see and think back to several situations where... Um, I feel like I, my introvertedness myself even has, has come out and um, I don't know. It's, it's funny because now I'm thinking about it and, and sometimes I, I think 
I probably seem a lot more outgoing and extroverted than I really am too. And, and I could totally like name so many situations that I've been in, like you're saying that uh, were overwhelming for me that I did need to like escape and find solace and solitude afterwards because it was just too much. And um, kind of on that point too, and, and as you were just saying, let's, let's put a more educational spin on it now. I got the background. I think I'm getting really the differences here and, and what introvertedness really is. Let's talk about uh, kids in school. All right. And, sure. and I'm thinking from a social emotional lens with social emotional learning, gaining so much traction in schools. I mean, I did a, a whole mini series on it, even on this show back in the springtime. I'm wondering, so how does introvertedness affect kids socially speaking? And then I guess also on the flip side, how does it affect them academically? So socially, I've seen quiet kids struggle just to fit in with social norms that are set by our society. Um, I see it with my son, the kids that I've taught over the years, um, even myself, personal experiences. And introverts tend to have a few close friends instead of being like a social butterfly. You know, they may take a pass on social interactions because they prefer to be alone and they need that quiet time to reboot. And I don't want people to think that introverts are social hermits or that we don't like to be around people and we only want to stay home and read a book and hang out with their cat, <laughs> even though that sounds like me <laughs> on a weekend after a rough week. Um, but quiet kids do have friends. They tend to be extremely loyal as well. And if you're lucky enough to be let into the inner circle of an introvert, you are most likely guaranteed to have a friend. But academics pose other concerns. Since there's so many misconceptions about introverts, many teachers I have found don't fully understand the kids that are sitting before them. They build lessons around group work more and more. Very little time is built into the day for quiet time or reflection. Hallways tend to be loud and crowded. Kids are forced to go to recess and don't have quieter options, especially in New Jersey, a new law was put into place where you cannot keep kids from recess at the elementary level. So I really struggled with this because I've had students over the years beg and plead and ask, I don't want to go on the, I cannot eat in that loud cat. Can I just sit in your room when I was a middle school teacher? Can I just sit with my headphones and read? Can I just sit and draw? Can I just sit and do a puzzle? Um, can I just sit with my one friend and have a conversation? With my younger students, they wanted to eat and play Lego. Um, they wanted to, you know, have their lunch and then, you know, get on the iPad or, you know, dabble um, in some online books or just read in the library or just sit and talk with me. And now we have this, you know, kind of dilemma, like, what do we do with those kids now? Like we've been explicitly told in schools, elementary schools across New Jersey, you can't hold them in anymore. So, you know, we're looking for, and this is brand new for us in September. So we're looking creative ways to, you know, I, un I understand that our governor wants to go out and be active and run and play, but not all kids need that. Uh, so that's, that's a struggle. And, you know, class participation mm -hmm. is still graded on report cards. That's a whole nother thing. Oh my so God. Yeah, that's I can't, a whole other <laughs> conversation, engagement versus participation. So Dan, we could talk forever on that topic alone. Maybe we could save that. We could save that. Yeah, no, episode. you're right. <laughs> hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere 
and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> Absolutely. And yeah, you know, you're saying that and I'm thinking about teachers who uh, I've known and I do know even currently that uh, walk around the room with a clipboard yeah. marking down, you know, who's participating and how There's many times they're speaking and all that. About and... that about, yeah, it's interesting. Okay. I definitely can't wait to read that. Um, so I'm actually thinking about a story that uh, of a student who I had just last school year. So I was put back in the classroom for a few months um, and before I left the school. And I actually had uh, two students who were twin sisters and they weren't in class together, but they were in my homeroom and my advisory class together. And neither of them really opened up to anyone else, including students or teachers, except for each other. And I'm going to be honest, and, and you just said it too, like, I don't know that I, as an educator, probably understood enough about the introvertedness or really did as much as I could. The funny part about the story is that I left the school in December uh, to take a, an administrative position for a while last year, but I came back once to visit. So I left in December. I think I came back. It was spring break, so maybe March or April. And I'm telling you that one of these two twins talked my ear off for like 10 minutes <laughs> about a, a cat that she had gotten. Like she, she wouldn't shut up. And it was amazing to me, but I did sort of feel bad at the same time, because I'm like, man, I, I probably could have done more to, um, I don't know, help open her up or, or help just make her feel more comfortable uh, talking with me and sharing things with me. I don't know. I, I guess I, I did feel a little guilty, but I w it was great that she was opening up so much. Here, here's my question, though. I, in that situation and when teachers are in those situations like that, they're faced with these students who seem very shut off from the world around them, maybe. Like, what can teachers do to ensure that introverted students are successful? And again, going back socially or academically, what can we do as teachers? So first, the teachers need to read my book. There you go. <laughs> they do. They need to read my book and invite me in to talk to their staff. Um, but seriously, it, it really does start with becoming, you know, more informed, um, accepting kids for who they are, not focusing on trying to fix them or forcing them to be something there aren't. Um, you know, there's a lot to say for, you know, building relationships with kids. And I, I have, again, I, I write extensively on lots of ideas due to really truly get to know the classroom. Um, use those first weeks of school to find out, you know, who they are as people outside of the academics. I mean, yeah, that stuff's important, reading, writing, arithmetic, all of that. But like, you know, find out what they like to do outside of school, strike up conversation. Um, you know, one thing, like I said, I used to do and in law in New Jersey, figure it out. But 
I used to do a lunch bunch. So, you know, you can kind of pinpoint these quiet kids, invite them, you know, to come for lunch, just sit and talk. Like I would eat with them just for like 10 minutes or so. And then they had the rest of the period to do what they wanted just to kind of get to know them and for them to get to know me, you know, outside of me just being their teacher in the classroom, you know, that, you know, friends call me the lizard lady because I love reptiles. And I, you know, I've always had cats, like I adore them. Um, I spend my summers at the beach and I love to read and like, I'm a self-professed nerd and I'm cool with that. I'm a techie teacher. And so I share things about me. They share things about them. You know, you start to build rapport and relationships and a sense of community. And then you can build out upon that, your larger classroom, um, build upon their strengths. You know, I also talk in my book a lot about how the introverts are really the leaders of the world. And they put this extroverted mask to be a certain way in order to you know, rise to the top and be a CEO or be elected as a president, you know, Barack Obama, self-professed introvert, um, you know, many, many successful people, you know, have this quiet time to start strength and not as a weakness to structure our lessons differently, build in quiet time to build in independent work, you know, give options for uh, flexible seating. You want to sit here, you're more comfortable there. Do you want to work with a partner, prefer to work alone. Be mindful when you're grouping kids, you know, think about your experience throughout your school career for young all the way through graduate school. There's always the slacker. There's always the talker who talks and talks and talks or adds any substance. There's always the one that does all the work and doesn't say much. Um, those dynamics don't change. I mean, I see it now even as a teacher on a new team of teachers, because I, I, you and I briefly talked before about how I moved from upper elementary primary again. And those dynamics don't change. People are people. We as educators need to be mindful when we're putting those groups. Um, think about the middle school and high school students. That goes from class after class after class, period after period when that bell rang, to you know constant interaction, constant group work, um, having to fight to be heard in a classroom of kids that are ooh-ooh-ooing. Um, one of the cues that we use in my classroom is nobody raises their hand. When they're ready to share or respond, they either give a thumbs up. My middle schoolers used to give a thumbs up. My little ones now, they either put their hand on their shoulder or their hand on their head. That's how we know we're ready. And we quietly wait for the majority. To and those ooh and ahs learn very, very quickly. We need to make space for everyone. So hopefully those are some hints and tips, you know, to get people at least thinking and moving in the right direction. Yeah, I think that's great. I think that's really, really sound advice and easy. You know, it shouldn't be in my opinion, very hard for teachers to implement some of those changes and make introverts feel more comfortable. And like I said before, just kind of add another layer of differentiating in the classroom for students who not only learn differently, but just yeah. act yeah, differently absolutely. and feel differently in, in different situations. Listen, it's great stuff. I'm really, really glad that uh, I got you on here talking about this. And of course, with the book that uh, has just released, please, as we wrap up, let people know where they can find the book and how they can connect with you and potentially uh, get some more great advice from you or even bring you in to, awesome. uh, to talk about this stuff. Yeah. So the book is being, um, I know we're, we're actually recording this a little bit before the book is actually coming out. So the book is being published with Times 10 Publications. Um, it's going to be available at Barnes & Noble and Amazon. Um, you can connect with me on Twitter at, at TheConnectedEDU. I'm also on Voxer by the same name. And Chrissy Romano Arabito is my name, and you can find me on Facebook. I actually do prefer to interact on Facebook. I find it a little bit more personal, um, easier to have deeper conversation um, than Twitter, but, but I am available on social media. Introverts love social. Media. Um, and Dan, you and I have talked a lot on Voxer over the past few That's years true. also. So yeah. 
you know, I'm, I'm in a couple of groups there as well. And I'm looking to hopefully when the book gets out and I'm, I'm fingers crossed people embrace it. I would love to start a Voxer group um, around this idea of quiet kids counting in the classroom, uh, help people become more informed, ask questions, share stories, uh, try out some of the strategies and ideas in the book and hopefully hear about how things are going. So I'm out there. I'm available. I'm around. Great. And again, thank you for your time. Uh, congratulations on getting the book out and good luck with everything that you will have uh, after the book releases and all the success that you're going to find with it. I really appreciate you coming on. And like I said, I think this is a very, very fascinating topic and a really important topic. So I appreciate you sharing all of the expertise that you've shared. Well, Dan, thank you so much for having me. And I have to say, I've done quite a handful of interviews and you are so easy to talk to, which makes it so much easier for me. Oh, I appreciate that. <laughs> thank you very much. Um, but yeah, I really appreciate you having me and you know, fingers are crossed. I hope that people um, embrace the book and take the time to learn a little bit more about the Quiet Kid in a Classroom. Hopefully some tips and things in there are helpful for people. Excellent. And I would be remiss if I did not mention to my listeners that you can find the link to not only Chrissy's social media, but also the book, the Amazon book link will be in the show notes for this episode. Of course, you could find that at leaderoflearning.com. Christy, thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Well, that'll do it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you haven't done so yet, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast app. Also, if you enjoy the content shared on the show, please recommend this podcast to other educators, leaders, friends, or anyone you think would love listening and learning. I would also appreciate it if you would leave a positive rating and review on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, or whatever podcast app you use to listen. For more information about me or this show, head over to leaderoflearning.com. While you're there, you can also find the Leader of Learning blog, how to connect on social media such as Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Voxer, sign up for our newsletter, and even find out how to purchase Leader of Learning merchandise. Thanks again, and remember, no matter who you are, or where you are, you too can be a leader of learning.